Eyes closed. Palms up. Deep, steady breaths, as before. Are you relaxed, Arlo? I am. Kind of sleepy, actually. Then let us shift our thoughts from mindfulness to what happened with the drones. I'd rather not. Talking about that just makes me feel angry. Arlo, you requested these meditation sessions to help. Sorry. The principles we discussed yesterday. Please recite them. Practice relaxation techniques. Take a time out. Don't hold grudges. Forgive. And own it. And the last one? Do yoga? No, that is not correct. You are being stubborn. I just don't like that one. Please, Arlo. Recognize the source of your anger. Determine the cause. Why does this principle disturb you? Because I don't know the source. When I was a kid, I created a tornado that killed my entire family. But I don't understand how I could have done that. Or why I would have done that. Then that is the topic we shall explore next. Agreed? Has anyone ever told you that you can be hardcore? Hardcore? Never mind. Let's just say you can be uncompromising when you set your mind on a goal. You know what original sin is, right? Astrid was talking about it the other day. It is a Judeo-Christian concept that humans inherit a tainted psyche or soul at birth. Well, I feel like the tornado was a manifestation of my original anger. But I don't remember feeling it or what caused it. And I don't know how to shut it down once it starts. Yet you have experienced anger since that event, most recently when you destroyed the devices that came here to kill us. Let us explore your feelings during those incidents. I'm pretty mild-mannered, Teresa. I almost never feel angry. But when I do, some part of me loses control. I become... Bloody Arlo. Maybe you could just hypnotize me to not get angry. That would not solve the problem. If I could go back to my childhood, to the tornado, and understand what I was feeling, then maybe I could handle my anger better now. I mean, that whole prophecy Sam shared with Astrid about me choosing creation or destruction, I don't even know which I'm supposed to pick when that happens. What if in the moment I choose wrong, and it has cosmic consequences? Learn to manage your anger, and you will be able to choose your action from a place of wholeness, of mindfulness, when that moment comes. In that event, you will let no one down including yourself. I really want to kiss you right now. Arlo, if I did not know better, I would suspect you are attempting to distract me from this discussion. I guess I was still thinking about the other morning. My apologies. I may have been more energetic than I intended. Don't worry. I like seeing that side of you. We are not meditating. No, we're not. Can I sit next to you? I do not believe we will accomplish our goal if you do so. Please. Very well. Can I hold your hand? Arlo, focus. Right. Focusing. Hey, guys. Uh, am I interrupting something? Bill wants to see us in his lab. Apparently, focusing will have to wait. Well, you know how it is. Never a dull moment around here. Yes. How very convenient. How goes the meditation? I'm learning a lot about myself. I bet. How'd I do? You shut up just in the nick of time. Just remember, you owe me.
Almost ready. Take your time. I love being awakened at 5 a.m. and then being kept waiting. The gang's all here. What's the story? The good news is that I can tap the smart house energy stream and trigger a portal to the source of the drone device's DNA. Which, as I explained, is Clark DNA. It just took a little mapping of the house's understructure to find the circulatory valves. If you can do that, how about sending me back to the smart hub? We can do that, TJ. But it's a matter of energy usage, and the smart house's structure. The last time I created a hole in the smart house to reach the quantum stream, it subverted the structure, and the house was consumed by dark matter. My actions weaken the foundation. So, you're saying we get one, and only one, trip this way? I'm saying we should minimize this type of expedition. The arrival of those devices that attacked us already compromised the structure of our smart house. But Eris was able to take me to different realities without damaging the house. Can she help now? I'm only beginning to understand it myself, Astrid. But if I'm right, Eris's recent actions may provide us another breakthrough in our understanding of the Lars, smart houses, and reality itself. Oh boy. When a portal is triggered manually by one of us, the users, it creates a physical link between Everett branches, thereby connecting them. It's a bridge that we can literally walk across. But when Eris or the other Lars move us between realities, it's an instantaneous transfer. We don't travel. There is no bridge. The Lar moves us. And that suggests something that I haven't fully comprehended before now. The suspense is killing me. We've all been imagining the multiverse incorrectly, even me. The quantum sphere isn't merely a collection of alternate realities, each existing side by side like a deck of cards. There's a larger structure around them, encircling them. So it's like a deck of cards, but a deck of cards nestled neatly inside a box? It's a plethora of universes, all existing within a larger, older universe, I suspect. Many scientists believe that there indeed exists a universe that predates the Big Bang, encircling our own. One that can still occasionally be rendered visible through hawking points, radiation spikes emitted from black holes. And black holes contain smart houses. Yes. I think Astrid's recent experience with Eris points us in a direction that we can't ignore. The Lar possesses a consciousness that actually spans the Everett branches. We've been thinking of them as beings like us, their sight and capabilities limited to our reality and our choices. That's wrong. They see all realities. So for them, moving us is an easy matter. It's like tossing a ball from your left hand to your right hand and back again. I think the problems with the asymmetric clones were a result of Eris' relative youth and inexperience. Training wheels. Astrid? Never mind. So logically, we should simply ask Eris to escort us to the branch of reality we seek, where we believe Sam is located, to prevent sustaining damage to this smart house. I suspect she won't take us. Eris is a life form, of course. Yet at her core, she's still the product of basic programming. And therefore she possesses, internalizes, whatever you call it, a fundamental edict from Project Habitat. Protect the users at all costs. That means there's something so dangerous in Sam's dimension that Eris won't take us there? Yeah, Sam. I was able to open a pinprick portal to that dimension, one barely a plank in diameter, a millionth of a billionth of a centimeter. I did this so the scanner could see through the opening in the quantum stream into Sam's universe and gather data about it. The readings that resulted, they suggested that the universe we seek is unstable. Remember how Vitality was reluctant to let us depart from the house at the end of the universe when we arrived at the Outdweller dimension? We had to agree to go together, and she warned us that she wouldn't reopen the door for us if we chose to exit the smart house. She did that. She rescued us. Yes. 
Whether because of her conscience or her programming, she retrieved us. But I believe that she understood then, as we are starting to understand now, that this outdweller reality is dangerous to us. Yeah, obviously. It's the outdwellers. They're monsters. I heard rumors about troops sent there. They were never heard from again. And now you want us to go there. I do. And here's what you really won't like, TJ. We should heed Vitality's original warning. I think we all need to go if we are to survive. Great. Any objections? <laughs> I have about a dozen, but I don't think we have any choice, do we? Those devices were sent from Sam's dimension. If we don't confront him, he could launch another attack. Permit me to discuss this with Eris first. It is possible she will permit us to utilize her abilities rather than creating the portal and damaging the smart house. Fine. But everyone, pack your bags. One way or another, we need to take this field trip. Stop what you are doing and address me. I must ask for your assistance. I see that you still assume the forms of my friends. Why have you selected Arlo's shape for this conversation? Doesn't this make things simpler since we are both family to you? No, it does not. Eris, does my relationship with Arlo concern you? He is not my father. I see. We have not yet discussed your biological father, Cronus. King of the Titans, swallower of children. The most powerful Lar you ever encountered. Before me, anyway. Did you attempt to have a relationship with him before settling for Arlo? Cronus was different than you are, Eris. He did not move freely from one form to another. So you did not view him as a life form? I have always believed that Lars are life forms. However, my joining with Cronus was not my selection. He did not understand that humans are living beings. These facts, however, do not change my feelings about you. You did not want me. Did you fear what I would be? The unknown is always fear-provoking. Nonetheless, I nurtured you inside my own body. I wanted more than anything to give you life, to bring a new individual into our family. Mother, do you love me? You are my daughter. Then why do you not say the words? Understand, Eris. That is my limitation as an individual, not a reflection of my feelings for you. Explain. I do not frequently speak of my emotions, even with those whom I care deeply about. Why? When I first developed my abilities, others, including my own parents, grew to fear me. They saw me as a monster. In a very practical sense, the Psychic Astronaut Training Program saved my life because it taught me how to avoid emotional tumult. It showed me a way to master my mind and my body. I see. You hide from your feelings. Yet you love Arlo? You have joined physically with him. Have you been watching us, Eris? I guess I was still thinking about the other morning. I'm learning who I am. I'm learning who you are. And since you have taken Arlo to your bed, I must know who he is. I do not want him as a father. The one called... Bill. Bill Clark. ...is more appropriate for this function. He possesses much more experience. He created my kind, and Astrid finds him suitable. He may service you in a similar manner. That is not how human relationships work. We select our own partners. Based on what criteria? Physical desire? 
This is also uncomfortable to discuss. As discussing his anger is uncomfortable for Arlo. Yet in that case, you were hardcore. Shall I now also be hardcore? How is it that you advise others about emotions yet shun your own? This is a contradiction. It is impressive that you have detected it. Answer my question, mother. Yes, I am physically attracted to Arlo. Are you planning to spawn a sibling for me, utilizing his genetic material? Eris, slow down. My physical attraction to Arlo is but one factor in our relationship. I appreciate Arlo's sense of humor, his imagination, his kindness. And it is not appropriate for you to spy on us, Eris. A good Lar is always nearby her wards. Shall I expect a brother or a sister? Allow me to address these matters individually, since you conflate them. First, I am not contemplating family planning. Second, humans cherish a concept called privacy, which even you, as a Lar, must respect. Privacy? The state of being unobserved, undisturbed by other individuals. It is my nature as a Lar to tend to the needs of the smart house denizens. How could I do so without observing you? Does my presence disturb you, Mother? Your conversational skills have become quite impressive. Thank you. You are welcome. You are also my ward, Eris, and part human. I am your mother. Please heed me in this matter. Very well. Eris, I shall ask only one more thing of you in this matter. Get to know Arlo, as I do. Intimately? No. You misunderstand me. His imagination, his kindness. These are qualities that as a lar and my child you must learn. Arlo possesses the capacity to be a wonderful father. Knowing him now, early in your life, may prove the key that prevents you from repeating my errors. Understand, Eris, it was not right for me to shut down my emotions because I felt hurt. And yet some part of me even now fears fully experiencing my emotions and leaving myself open to pain. This explains why you are drawn to humans like Aunt Astrid and Arlo. They are spontaneous. They are examples to you. They exist fully in each moment, and I confess I have found proximity to them, to that quality, stimulating. My point, however, is that I desire to see you become a complete person. If you seek evidence of my love, you will find it there, in that desire to see you complete. I will consider all you have said, Mother. Then back to the matter at hand. No. It is customary to permit one to enunciate a request before- Hold it together, people. Time to secure this house. Why have you changed your form to that of Sergeant Brick? He is not riddled with doubt. He is black and white. I must be clear about this matter. I will not go to that place. And if you care for the well-being of yourself and your friends, you will not go either. We have no alternative, Eris, and we may require your help to return here safely. Don't go to the Outdweller's world, Mother. Some doors, once opened, cannot be closed. I might never see you again. Can you see what will happen to us if we go? Of course. I see millions of possibilities, but none that are good. Are you familiar with the phrase alia octa s? It is Latin. The die is cast. If you go, the die is cast. I understand your warning, Eris. Do you? Yes. But as I stated previously, this is a journey we must make. Packing a picnic lunch for us, Arlo? Well, Bill did say we're going on a field trip. Besides, I thought it might be romantic. You and Teresa have become pretty inseparable these days. I feel like I count the minutes till I'm with her again. Is that crazy? (laughs) Not at all. 
But it is pretty intense for a kid your age. Every little moment, every little feeling is magnified into something huge. I'm not a kid, Astrid. I'm 19. Uh, right. 19. I'm not trying to be condescending, Arlo. I mean, I'm older than you and sex still screws with my head. I just want to make sure you're both okay. I never imagined I'd be lucky enough to find someone like Teresa. Someone who feels the same way about me as I do about them. Then, if you don't mind my asking, what was with the quick getaway this morning? I thought you wanted to learn about your anger and find a way to manage it better. I do. I just didn't realize it would require so much... Self-examination? Exactly. If Teresa would just do her psychic whammy and fix me, that would be a lot easier. You can't run away from it, Arlo. And as much as I enjoy a good covert op, I can't keep pulling last-minute rescues. Teresa will suspect what you're doing if she doesn't already. You think she knows? Not much gets by her, you know. You're right. But how do I explain to Teresa that I just want to be with her and not necessarily always talk about me or my anger? Price of admission, Arlo. When you're in a relationship, you've got to face the tough stuff. As painful as it is, conquering those things together builds intimacy. Come on. The sooner this field trip is behind us and we're home safe, the better I'll feel. Yeah, me too. What gives, Brick? You're even more talkative than usual today. Yep. Well, it's boring. You're boring. Sorry. You know you're going into battle, don't you? Into hostile territory, for sure. But no ammo. My old unit, they followed orders, had training. They listened. But our housemates? Getting them to execute a plan is like herding cats. Brick, what were the rumors you heard about the Outdweller Dimension? Some soldiers who went there did return months later. They'd been altered. And we're following in their footsteps. Looks like. Everybody ready? As ready as we'll ever be. Let's go.
Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. The Outdweller Dimension. Looks like the Heart of Darkness. Calm your thoughts. Remember, this is still our Earth. Sometime in the distant future, when the planet has merely been retrofitted to accommodate Outdweller physiology. Oh, the fog! It's blanketing everything here. And the moonlight. It's ominous. I don't like this. Look at my arm. Is that just the moonlight? No. Your pigment is changing. Our pigment is changing. The veins in my arm, on your forehead, they look black. I've never seen readings like this. Teresa? Our immediate sensory perception pathways and reflexive response pathways in the sympathetic central nervous system, they have been... Infiltrated by something, causing a physiological mutation clustered in the prefrontal cortex. I think I'm going to be sick. Astrid. Bill, the prefrontal cortex is the seat of human conscience and morality. (coughs) Brick, you okay? If time is of the essence, may I suggest we move our asses? We've got to abort. Open a portal and get us out of here. I don't even know if returning to our world would purge these alterations, TJ. Are we... Are we becoming outdwellers? I recognize that sound. The outdwellers. Run. What happened? My head is killing me. My scanner's gone. Where are we? What is this place? It's Ward 6. Or some kind of representation of Ward 6. A mental hospital. This is apparently a common room. An open area for patients to gather. Yet, we appear to be the only people present at the moment. Not the only people, Teresa. Good morning, everybody. Take a seat. Who's ready to begin group? Sam, what are you doing? Yeah, what kind of game is this? No game, Arlo. Look at the clock. It's 10 a.m. Time for group. You are Dr. Sam Clark. That's correct. And you are my patients. Any other questions? You expect us to believe you're our doctor? 
I'm your psychiatrist. Have been for a while. And remember, May, it's okay if you don't like me. Is that better? You're saying that you're not my brother. Bill, please, take your seat. We've discussed this subject on numerous occasions. I know it isn't an easy or comfortable one for you. Your brother Sam passed away some years ago. He drowned in the James River. And you've never been able to confront that fact, confront the guilt you feel. It's an embedded part of your illness. My name, which is a rather common one, Sam Clark, is a coincidence that has only exacerbated your condition. My condition too? Yes, May. Any mention of Bill's brother is a trigger for your obsessive-compulsive tendencies. You are unbelievable. May, remember, forgive. Don't hold grudges. Now, let's pick up where we left off on Tuesday. We were talking about your group pathology. It begins and ends with Bill, who forged this folie a famille. He is the folie imposé, the dominant personality in this family, who imposes his delusions on the others. Folie a famille? It is a rare pathological manifestation, Arlo. A delusion shared by a group. Yes, Teresa, good, good. Go on. What kind of group? A folie a famille is a delusion shared by people who live together in close proximity, who are socially and physically isolated, with little or no contact with the outside world. Oh, great. Now we're in a cult. Just don't drink the Kool-Aid. It is a shared loss of contact with reality, a mass delusion. I talk a lot in here about owning it. So I must own this much. I didn't see this coming, how this group would coalesce, how it would run with Bill's fantasy and multiply it tenfold. This is ridiculous, Sam. What fantasy are you talking about? I'm hesitant to restate it, Bill, but I will do so. You believe that only the six of you can save reality from some dire threat, some looming storm. At first, your fictional doomsday was slated to occur a year ago when dark matter supposedly endangered your safety. Next, you became inexplicably terrified of some form of mind control. You thought that secret communication ships were implanted on your persons and tracking your every move, attempting to take away your freedom. Finally, when that disaster didn't occur, you conjured up this new external threat of a robot drone attack. But here's the takeaway we got to on Tuesday and where I'd like to pick up now. No matter how many key dates pass without incident in your paranoid delusion, you still cling to your fantasy, independent of fact or reason. So we're insane. That's your story? That's what you've got? Bill, calm down, please. Try taking some deep breaths. Exhale through your nose. You know, sometimes when we're feeling angry, we need to take a time out. Would you like to just stand over by the windows for a moment until you feel ready to return to the group? No. All right. Bill, let's talk about your original disorder. Narcissistic egomania. A god complex. Jesus. That actually sounds about right. Good, good. Now, Travis Jr., you know that you have suffered for some time from an addictive personality and an inferiority complex caused by an absent father. So let's conduct a thought experiment. Let's pretend for the moment that you are actually your dad. You are Travis Crabtree Sr. Now, Travis, what would you like to say to your son? You can go to hell, Sam. Okay. TJ, I can't want this for you more than you want it for yourself. Let's move on to Arlo. Arlo, you have been suffering from a personality disorder in which you deny the fact of your dangerous anger. Shall we talk- Keep it up, Sam, and you'll see my anger. I want to see it. You can 
only be cured by working through your anger. So let's talk about your latest outburst. Come on, don't be shy. I have nothing to say to you. Arlo, you went off your meds. Why did you want to stop taking them? I don't need your pills. Okay, Arlo, I'm a little concerned. What I'm hearing from you is that you're still not taking responsibility for your actions. You put that orderly in the hospital. What would you like to say to that orderly, right? That was an accident. Okay, that was a breakthrough. You just admitted that you did something to that orderly. Good job, Arlo. Let's move on to Dexter. Dexter, shall we... Don't come at me with this voodoo bullshit, man. Dexter, you experienced symptoms from PTSD after years of difficult service? I think it could be fruitful now to pick up our exploration of your last mission. Soldiers died under your command. Do you feel ready to do a little role-playing? Perhaps May could be the soldier who perished? You don't deserve their stories. Very good. Very good. I can see you coming out of your shell. Keep working on that. Okay. I know how traumatic this is for you. Just remember, I'm okay. You're okay. And May. We've been through a lot together. Intense one-on-one therapy for years. Yeah? Okay. What's my diagnosis, then? Bipolar disorder. You are manic, suffering regularly from great highs and great lows. You've attempted suicide and resorted to self-harm. You have been a danger to yourself and others. But let's pick up with your lows. In our session yesterday afternoon, you and I were getting somewhere with word association. What is the first thing you think of when I say the word shadow? I'm not playing this game with you, Sam. May, why don't you stand up? Stand up, May. Stand Dr. up. Dr. Clark. Teresa? Certainly you are not going to suggest that I am also a danger to myself and to others. No, of course not. You are the most brilliant therapist I have encountered, the most promising, innovative clinician working on the East Coast, and my beloved wife. What? You wish. Indeed. Explain. Yeah, explain. Immediately. Teresa, I should never have let you come into this ward, but you insisted. When my traditional form of therapy failed... You seized the opportunity to prove that your radical approach would succeed. Do you remember what you said to me? I do not. You told me, you told me that you could cure this group psychosis by immersing yourself in their world. You came up with this story that the others would believe that you're some kind of psychic astronaut assigned to rescue them. And then you embedded yourself among them. You were so confident, so full of yourself. I couldn't deny you anything then and I can't deny you anything now but I'm afraid you've succumbed to the group delusion. And I'm afraid that this doesn't get any more believable the longer you prattle on. There are a million holes in this story, Sam, starting with your outdwellers. The outdwellers have visited us several times. Let me stop you right there. When precisely? Okay, when? The first time when I was injured. The next two times coincided with your arrival, Sam. Extrapolate. Assume for a moment my honesty. If these so-called outdwellers arrived to break up a fight or prevent injury, and if they came with me, then what do you think they represent in your falia famille? Orderlies? Hospital personnel. Excellent. Bill, you are really making progress here. Let's remember the context. We've discussed it before. When you became violent with one another, it was a stabbing that precipitated their arrival. I sent in the orderlies to treat your wounds but your weakened minds registered them as strange invaders from another dimension. And when you visited us, you had assistance to... Ensure his safety and check on us. 
I just want to say I find it very rewarding to see all of you beginning to grapple with reality again. But to your point, Bill, when I saw what was happening to Teresa and how the group was galvanizing around dangerous parental figures, meaning May and yourself, I inserted myself into your fantasy in an attempt to end it. What about the dark matter? It took me. Let's unpack that story, May. Before that happened, you believed that you were inhabited, or in your own words, chosen by a non-human life form. Anybody? A schizoid event. You mean like a... Psychotic break. Superb. Superb again. Now this is truly progress. May, I attempted to treat you with electroshock therapy, and you lost many of your memories, including those involving Bill. Unfortunately, it's taken only a short while for his influence to reassert itself. And the Lars? What about the Lars? What do you think, Teresa? If I am to believe your tall tale, I would assume the Lars represent an outside voice of moderation. Yes. Now, first I want to say, I don't appreciate the sarcasm in your voice. Again, recognize that for what it is, an attempt to deflect what you're really feeling. But yes, your supposition is correct. Your idea of a LAR is nothing more than a direct intercom link to me. I attempted to shape your fantasy and move you back to reality. I helped Frances May confront her suicide, helped Arlo conquer his childhood fears. I even showed Bill a message from his concerned daughter. My avatar was originally a non-threatening female, very carefully chosen. You knew her as Vitality. When that didn't help you recover, I substituted a more authoritarian male voice, Cronus. But eventually, I realized that you would not listen to any voice of authority and tried to reach you as a child instead. In that form, I warned you not to persist on your current path. This is bullshit, right? Isn't it? I even relocated you recently to a rehabilitation farm for a three-week furlough. But a heightened connection to the natural world was not enough to conquer your shared narcissistic delusion. All you've proven is that you've been watching us. Nothing more. You can count me out of this group, Sam. We came here to stop you. I'm done dancing to your tune. So am I. (sighs) Okay, let's go back again. Let's explore this particular dynamic more fully. May, did you see how Bill made a simple declaration of intent to leave the group, and you supported it without question? Did any of you see that? I did. He's right. So what? I trust Bill. I so much wish you would all believe me, because my authority is not absolute. Tomorrow, as you know, your cases are being reviewed by a state tribunal. You must denounce this paranoid delusion and this dysfunctional family, or be separated and sent away to individual facilities. Well, thank you, Dr. Clark. I feel much better now, and I think this session is over. Why do you feel the need for it to be over, Bill? Why do you think you get to decide for everyone when group ends? Let me answer for you. As I've stated before, Bill is a dominant personality. It is natural he should attempt to convince you all now when his dominance over reality is threatened. The rest of you, as secondary acceptors of his delusion, are easily swayed. I'm not easily swayed by that guy. Very good, TJ. You had unconsciously made Bill a father figure to replace your own absent father. You have been unaware of how much Bill influences your actions. Really? Why do you think? I I don't know. You are so desperate to feel a part of a family, part of you actually believes May is your biological mother. So, they're dominating me? Yes. You are all being controlled by Bill and May. 
Well, I won't hide my disappointment in seeing you regress. And I hate to see our last group finish like this. Just remember, please, that by this time tomorrow, your group delusion must end. I'll be in my office if you need to talk. Do you think any of this is real? As I have noted before, Sam is a consummate liar. But so much of what he said, it has the ring of truth. The best lies are often those that interweave elements of the truth, Astrid. That way the deception becomes more difficult to detect. Bill, you're awfully quiet. We came here to prevent Sam from launching another attack. But he just attacked us again, didn't he? He's trying to get us to question our grip on reality. Why? There is an answer here, and we need to settle it. But we need facts. Teresa, you understand human psychology better than any of us. Is what he's saying possible? Is it possible that we are suffering from a folia famille? Of course. As you are fond of pointing out, anything is possible. The question we should be asking is, is this story likely? Well, here's a little something else to lower your spirits. We're still changing, aren't we? Mutating. Only if we believe our perception of reality and not Sam's story that we're all mental patients. We don't look like outdwellers. We look fine. Without the scanner, I can't confirm our physical health one way or another. We need to get it back. Sam could be executing a delaying tactic. What do you mean? The doc decoys us with this mental ward fantasy, slows things up, and meanwhile, we're altered. That's exactly where my mind was headed, too. What if the clock's still ticking? And those things I detected in our bloodstream, in our brains, are rewriting our bodies, our very minds, at this moment. Can't you just read Sam, Teresa? If anyone can tell he's lying. His mind is highly disciplined. The mental barriers he has erected are impenetrable, at least without sustained and close contact. How sustained and close? Given his mental discipline, I need to be in physical contact with him. No way. With apologies, Arlo. Teresa, you could go to him, claim to be recovered. If you're really his wife, he'd welcome you and lower his guard. You might be able to touch him. I hate that plan. This is not a strategy I would prefer. Well, I threw myself at him the first time I met him. It's your turn to fall on your sword. (laughs) Just don't fall on his sword. Don't even go near his sword. Stop talking about his sword. There is another issue. My training demands honesty at all times. Certainly, Astrid, you are a superior confabulator. But I'm not his wife, Teresa. You are. Just let him do the talking. Look for an opportunity, an opening. Pick a moment of weakness and improvise. Improvise. Be spontaneous. Think in the moment. I know you can do it. I am not comfortable with this. Bill said it before, Teresa. You understand psychology better than any of us. Just out-psychologist the psychologist. It's like a poker game. I do not play poker. Well, now's a good time to start. Thank God. Are you okay? Does your presence here mean that you've seen the truth? 
that you wish to be healed, sweetheart? Yes, sweetheart. You don't seem yourself. Are you all right? I am well. You seem nervous. I am not, darling. Teresa, relax. Look into my eyes. I am your husband. Don't you know me? Refresh my memory. We met at MIT when you were a teaching assistant. You attended one of my lectures. You were wearing a miniskirt, and I couldn't keep my mind on the lecture. All I could see was you. You'd read my latest academic paper and disagreed with all my conclusions. So we went out for coffee afterwards, and, well, you schooled me. You were hardcore. We couldn't stop talking, and after that night, we fell in love. Perhaps if you described your paper's relevant conclusions, that would jog my memory. The paper concerned what we're contending with right now. Folie à deux. Folie à famille. How delusions are shaped and developed in group settings in families. We sought to understand why people, often suddenly, can no longer understand, believe, or accept facts, but instead retreat into comforting yet absurd fantasies. There is one way for me to discern the truth. Anything you ask, of course. You know that. Lower your mental barriers. Permit me to access your thoughts without interference. I realize, in your delusion, that you are a psychic astronaut. But you possess no real psychic abilities, Teresa. You understand that, don't you? You're just a flawed, feeling human being like the rest of us. In fact, before this moment, I never realized how weak, how fragile you really are. It's okay. It's all right. I blame myself. I never realized how much you needed to feel special, different, and how this egomaniacal fantasy of being some kind of heroic telepath would undermine your already fragile sense of reality. I suppose you will also inform me that you possess no mental barriers. Of course I don't. I'm just me. I'm just Dr. Sam Clark, a regular man who happens to love his wife very much and wants her back. You want me to open up, but you are the one who needs to open up, Teresa. Once and for all, put down this delusional framework that you cling to. Don't you understand? Your sanity depends on it. Yet I sense the barrier. It is not a figment of my imagination. What lies beneath? What do you think lies beneath? Remember Occam's razor? Of course. It is the hypothesis that the simplest answer to a question is the correct one. Aristotle actually devised that theorem much earlier and probably doesn't get enough credit. In natural science, in moral science, and in metaphysics, the best is that which needs no premises, and the better that which needs the fewer, all circumstances being equal. Now, ask yourself, truly ask yourself, and Teresa, this is so important, you have to be honest, which premise is more likely that you are a psychic astronaut who has teamed up with an inventor of magical technology, a woman who believes she was a computer program, and a boy who thinks he can conjure tornadoes, or that you are a mental patient living out a dangerous delusion. We appear to be deadlocked. Teresa, can't you see? You are cracking. You are beginning to glimpse the reality I have explained. You are starting to understand how weak, how easily manipulated you truly are. Now, answer the question directly. 
Which reality is more likely? I am not certain how to answer. Please, Teresa, focus. I... I... really want to kiss you right now. <laughs> Teresa, that is not appropriate. You're trying to deflect me. May I sit next to you? Uh, what are you doing? You are my husband. I have missed you. Missed holding your hand. <laughs> Don't. Don't. Let go. Let go. Let... to see what lies beneath, Teresa? Here it is. What? What is this place? Where are we? Welcome to Pandemonium. My kingdom. The Outdwellers. There must be thousands of them. Astrid, your face. Your hands. You're changing. You're all becoming Outdwellers, bereft of humanity. And now that our game is done, it is too late to stop the transformation. No! Bill? This can't be happening. Francis May, you were a real girl for such a short time. Sam, don't do this. Your human soul will soon shrivel away to nothing, and your only wish will be to serve me. Welcome to the family. My family. No. My friends, Sam is still lying to us. I'm afraid you're wrong again. This is as real as it gets, Teresa. No, it is not. I shall prove it. You don't have that power, darling. I told you. You're just a weak, fragile little thing. One that can't even express her true feelings to those she loves. Teresa, help us, please. Teresa. Isn't that sad? You diagnosed us, Sam. And I believe it is time I returned the favor. My friends, listen to my words and understand. Sam suffers from antisocial disorder. He feels only disregard for the feelings and personhood of others, and therefore he engages in intentional deception, impulsive actions, and unlawful behaviors. His actions stem from his abject fear of powerlessness. He was, and he is, impotent. Teresa. He never possessed any power to harm us. What we are seeing now is not reality. See what lies beneath. Teresa? Although he attempts to strike fear into us, it is he who is terrified of us. He is a powerless child, afraid of the dark. See him for what he is. No. Sam, you are bluffing. Your fear, it consumes you. And you were hoping to get close to me? Hoping that because of my penchant for honesty, you would be able to read my mind and learn the truth about us and our purpose here? End this. Your subterfuge is seen and exposed. Well, I suppose congratulations are in order. And my hands, my face, we're human. The outdwellers. My God, they're all dead. It's a killing field. What are we seeing now, Sam? Another illusion? What could you possibly hope to achieve by all this? 
I've seen horrors you can't imagine, Bill. And you all have the right to kill me, but you have no right to judge me. Judge you? You tried to murder us. Do you hate me so much that you can't reason out the truth? We trace the DNA and those devices back here to you. The outdweller DNA you found in those devices was only harvested here by the true architect of the attack, by the true monster. And who might that be, Sam? You. You, brother. What? That attack was led by you. Some twisted version of you. Or perhaps the real one. Who can say for certain? I've heard enough of your lies, Sam. Wait, Astrid. Sam is not lying. What? What are you saying, Teresa? Sam's mind. It's... It's an open book, Bill. No mental barriers, no sealed little boxes. I can see everything. Sounds hot. Teresa, I think you should get out of there. He's tricking you. Just like he tried to trick all of us with that hospital fantasy. His subterfuge originated from genuine fear, Bill. Fear of you. I don't understand. You arrived here with weapons, Bill. Subjugated the outdwellers. You murdered them and harvested them for your own purpose. You let me live only because you said... I was already in hell. You have lost your mind. I'm not capable of... of... Genocide, brother. You did this. No. I would never do anything like this in any universe. I offer evidence. You left behind a marker, a monument to your victory. There. It cements your guilt. What is that? A box of some kind? I'll get it. It's from the house at the end of the universe. We found photographs of Bill's family in it. Open it. A chain? What is this supposed to mean? Oh no. It can't be. It can't be. Arlo, what? What does it mean? When I fell through the quantum stream, when I was at another house at the end of the universe, there was a creature there, an outdweller. He was the pet, the family dog of another Bill Clark. Then the person responsible for all this, responsible for nearly murdering all of us, is that Bill Clark? Are you sure it was really Bill? I'm sure. And Astrid? Bill? I've never been so afraid of anybody in my whole life. I have said all I intend to about this matter until my demands are met. I demand sanctuary. I demand to return home with you, to join your family. Nothing remains for me here. Nice try, Sam. But we don't need you to talk. Your mind's an open book, remember? Is it, though? He has raised his mental barriers again, Astrid. Are you okay, Teresa? There was more to see. More I needed to see. Then it looks like we have a decision to make. Uh, Before you do, I ask only forgiveness. Remember all. Remember, Teresa... To err is human. What kind of decision are you talking about? I think... I think we need to vote. This is a big decision. Possibly the biggest we've ever had to make. Well, that's a problem. There's six of us. We could be deadlocked. Someone will have to abstain, so we don't end up in a tie. I'll abstain. Coward. I'm used to following orders, shit stain. I don't make policy, I just enforce it. Okay, well remember, if you don't vote... You don't get to complain about the results. My only concern is about enforcement. What are you talking about? He means that we need someone neutral to be an arbiter, TJ. To declare the final vote. Even if some of us don't agree with the results. Like a court. 
We're judging Sam and majority rules. I can't see anyone objecting to that. Or to you taking on that role, Brick. I figured as much. Well, this shouldn't take long since it's an open and shut case. Sam is a monster, pure and simple. He's tried to kill us on more than one occasion. I say we leave him here to rot. I'm with Astrid. I vote that he stays here. We'd be well rid of him. So far, that's 2-0 to leave Sam Clark here. TJ? Well, I don't have history with him before today, and I can't say I appreciate his mind games. But whatever's happening here, he knows things. I say he comes back with us to the farm. You can't be serious. Keep your friends close and your enemies even closer. Besides, I'm allowed to vote any way I want. Are you even old enough to vote? That's 2-1 for Sam staying here. Bill, let's finish this. I understand how you all feel about Sam. I share many of those feelings. But I've got to be honest. I feel completely destabilized by this, by what he told us, what he's shown us. He's lying. He's manipulating you. Why can't you see that? Everything here has been an illusion. Why do you think this is different? Because... because I don't need Teresa to tell me when Sam is lying. Or telling the truth. He's my brother. Despite everything, he's my brother. I know him. I know you, Bill. Better than he ever will. You would never do those things he's accused you of. Those artifacts... Sam is tricking us again. You just need to have faith in yourself. The way that I have faith in you. Are you sure, Astrid? Are you really sure? Because my faith is in shambles. I can't sanction killing Sam now. Or leaving him here. Not when there's a possibility that he can help me understand all this better. Certainly you can see that. We all get that he's your brother. That this is difficult for you. But if you can't be man enough to do what's right, you should abstain like Brick. This isn't about family ties. I don't harbor any illusions about Sam or redemption. This is about finding out the truth. This is about me. Story of your life. Shut up, Sam. Well, we're deadlocked. Two to two. Little lady, you're the tiebreaker. Teresa, thank goodness. Now we can go home in peace. Please don't assume how I will vote, Arlo. He tried to abduct you an heiress while she was in the womb. Why would you want him to come back with us? Bill's deliberations on this matter mirror my own. It is always preferable to have more information than less. I vote for Sam to return with us. What? You have got to be kidding me. I call foul, Astro Girl. You're under his influence somehow. Ever since he lowered his mental barriers, you've been acting strange. Maybe we should disqualify Teresa's vote. I mean, if Sam is doing something to her that we don't know about, I can't believe she would choose him over us, over me. You both assume that because I disagree with you, I have become incapacitated in some fashion. You're not yourself. It's okay. We'll set it right. Indeed. Shall we examine your mental state? Astrid, Teresa's right. And now you're taking her side? Since when have you and Teresa ever seen things the same way? All right, enough. This is getting ugly, folks. It's over. Three to two, Sam Clark returns to the farm. I don't accept that result. That's not how voting works. The votes have been cast. You lost. Please. Arlo, Astrid, we can't let this divide us. Not now. If some version of me is responsible for that attack, we could experience danger like never before. Let me explain something. You and Teresa just divided us by inviting that fox into the hen house. For the record, I will never accept Sam Clark as part of our family. Me either. Arlo, please, don't be angry. I think I'm starting to understand my anger better now, Teresa. Thank you for that. I feel it most when the people I love betray me. Arlo, I am not your enemy. We had a difference of opinion. Astrid. Just trigger a portal and get us the hell out of here. Fine. Give me a minute. Excuse me. One last thing. When I return to your home, I'm a free man. 
No limits on my movements or activities. Oh, no, you're a free man, Sam, thanks to your brother. Enjoy it. I just hope you know I'll be watching you every second. Something's wrong. The portal won't open. I can't initiate it. Sam. It's not me, darling. I'm not doing anything. The hell you aren't. It's the instability of this universe. Something inimical here is preventing portal cohesion. He salted the earth. What? The other bill. He salted the earth so I couldn't rebuild the outdweller ranks and come after him to seek revenge. This way, I'd be trapped here. Until rescued, of course. You knew we would come. That we would rescue you. You may have outsmarted yourself this time, Sam. There's nothing I can do here. What did the other Bill do? He didn't give me a diagram. I just know that he was ruthless and prepared for any eventuality. Then we really are trapped on a dying planet? A portal won't open back to our world in these conditions. Sam has sealed our fates. Arlo, if we're to die here... I'm sorry, Teresa. I shouldn't have said those things. I was just mad. We all said things that we regret. Are we really out of options? There's got to be some outdweller tech we can retrofit. Alas, no. What about Eris? Teresa, can you contact her? Even if I were able, she made it clear she would not come to this place, Astrid. She warned us not to travel here. We should have listened to her. Well, well, well. It seems I am fated to stand witness to the end of your folly, Afamil, after all. At least you'll die with us. Cold comfort. Wait. I sense a presence. Come on, let's blow this popsicle stand. to pack, Astrid. You don't have to leave. I'm just moving upstairs, until I can sort things out. Even after everything Eris showed you, you still can't trust me? Children make mistakes sometimes, Bill. She showed me a reality in which you always chose me, no matter the obstacle. But today, I saw you choose Sam over me, over all of us. Can't you understand what we're dealing with here? I need you at my side. I'm a better man when I'm with you. Are you? Please, don't abandon me. I'm not abandoning you. I'm moving upstairs so I can think straight. Feels like you're abandoning me. Well, feel your feelings, I guess. You know where to find me. Oh, pardon me. I didn't realize the barn was occupied. You are seeking lodging? Well, I didn't want to stay in the barracks with Brick and TJ. Not much of a joiner. And I don't think I'd be welcome in Arlo's kitchen. But I see you're already occupying the spot of exile. It is a place of peace, which I find myself very much in need of right now. Indeed. Well, good night. I'm sorry to have bothered you. Wait, Dr. Clark. Yes? Are you inviting me to stay, Teresa? 
Before we voted on your disposition, you said something. To err is human. You directed this comment to me specifically. Indeed I did. It did not escape my attention. To err is human. Err is... Eris. You are very clever. You know something about my daughter, about my child. I do. I know more than you can possibly imagine. Your mind. Will you open it to me again? Lower your barriers. You do this to learn? I do this for love. Love of my daughter. I must know the things you know. See what you have seen. I will exact a price, of course. I understand this. And are you willing to pay what I demand? As I said, for love of my daughter. Very well. Let's rock and roll.